Welcome to the Picture of Wealth, a podcast all about living more of your life now, yet being responsible for your future. Lifestyle experimenter, wealth scientist, and financial coach Dustin Service shares life hacks, wealth tips, and interviews successful entrepreneurs on how they're thriving in happiness, purpose, and prosperity. I'm excited to have you on the show uh, today, Caitlin, and uh, hear more of your story. Again, recent top 20 under 40 winner and always on the go, always busy. And uh, is that busy a sign of success? I'm going to drill into that uh, today. I know I didn't tell you about that uh, question, but uh, thank you very much for coming on the show today. Honestly, thank you for having me. And I'm excited that we finally got to connect. Um, it's yeah, it's it's been a kind of wild, crazy ride. And I'd like to say it's just kind of been in the recent uh, recent past, but I feel like the last three and a half years since I kind of started down this path, it's been that way. But Hey, I appreciate you taking the time and working around my schedule. No, uh, for sure. So what, what, uh, again, we're going to get into your businesses, uh, mostly in the cannabis space, but what, what has you so busy or what's, you know, I, I thought, you know, based on the stock market that, you know, cannabis was sort of uh, down and out, like, are we coming back or what's going on here? Oh, we're definitely coming back. You know what? It's interesting. It's almost like the dot-com boom. Like we had kind of the first big wave and then the bubble burst and, you saw a bunch of people kind of fall away. And now I think we're kind of in the second wave where we're seeing the companies that have more substance and are actually going to to live and, and you know, build the foundation of what legal cannabis is going to look like in this country and, and beyond. Um, it's definitely not dead. You just got to kind of look for it a little bit, uh, a little bit harder these days. So, uh, yeah, no, it's it's we're, we're surviving. We're doing well. So, so is it, uh, it's sort of just a, it's a, the, the foundation is just settling in and now you're sort of establishing, did, was there even a wave of, of companies going out of business or is everyone still holding the water and, and there's big acquisitions still happening or is it now it's steady as she goes and actually making things real? Uh, you know what? I wouldn't go as far to say as steady as, as she goes. Um, there's still a lot of, there's still a lot of work we've got to do. There's been a lot of acquisitions within the space. Um, there's a lot of, you know, the big kind of public companies that kind of got out there and started. And I know a lot of those just didn't really have the substance to operate. I think a lot of them, you know, kind of, they went big and built out uh, in, in a huge way. And those of us that are actually from the industry, um, I think we knew that a lot of them maybe weren't going to survive. It was kind of the go big or go home mentality when we first started. And now you know, we're seeing kind of smaller operations with better teams, really dynamic teams that are that are surviving. So I think those are the companies that are really starting to kind of build the foundation of the space. There was so much hype, to be honest, in, in the space when it first started. And now I think, you know, we've kind of the egos and the hype are, are leaving and it's making space for the people that actually want to be here long term. Well, is, that, is there a, a certain level of excitement that draws you to the unknown? Or 100%. 100%. <laughs> That's why so many of us, I think, are here. You know, for those of us that were in the space before legalization, there was, I think all of us kind of like the risk a little bit. And and that's really, you know, that's the foundation. That's that's kind of the origin story that's really built, you know, the path that we're all on right now. And I think everybody who's gotten into the space in any way that they have, honestly kind of enjoys the unknown but with the unknown there's this opportunity of like really getting to pave your own way and and really kind of make your mark in in the beginning of of this new industry as it goes legal so 
it's it's kind of a give and take, if you will. <laughs> so you uh, you have uh, you are a founder of uh, Prism Equipment, and you are you know head of partnerships for the Pantheon Cannabis Group. Now that's a mouthful, but. It- <laughs> <laughs> what, uh, what 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 do you do? What do you actually do? Oh gosh, I feel like somebody's asked myself that. Um, to be honest, um, yeah. So I, I I feel like I should just kind of start from the beginning and, and give you a little bit of a lay of the land, so it, it's a out. little bit more simple. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, about three and a half years ago, um, I I was watching as you know, you know, in 2018, this legalization was just around the corner. Um, I, I had an interest in, in the space, let's say, and more or less in the equipment side of it. Um, there was a lot of big outdoor operations that were going on that really didn't have equipment that could um, facilitate extraction. And I said, you know, in the gold rush, a lot of the people who had sustainable businesses were the ones that sold the picks and the shovels. So I said, or sent out to kind of, uh, to go down the route of, of equipment. Um, pitched it to um, an investment firm. Honestly, it was just kind of dumb luck that I, I linked up with the manufacturing company that I did. Um, I worked with a company out of Salmon Arm, um, huge engineering muscle behind them. And uh, that was really how we started Prism Equipment. So it was kind of to get into the ethanol extraction space. Um, we then, you know, brought the rolling grow tables to the table for you know, a little play on words. Um, and that kind of started to kind of build the foundation of, of PRISM. Um, but PRISM, as we were doing the due diligence on that extraction machine, and we had, you know, lots of contacts in the space that were from the black market, um, were from the extraction space. We just really realized that like, there's a huge opportunity in actually owning and operating one of these facilities. So PRISM equipment was the first. And then came Midas Extraction. So honestly, my main hat now is I still manage all of Prism. Um, we've got some great partnerships there that allow me to keep the team really lean. And I lean on the manufacturer a lot in terms of our engineering and our manufacturing. Um, but my main hat is really with, with Midas Extraction. All of them fall under the Pantheon Cannabis Group umbrella. Um, gotcha. But those are the two that we're really focused on right now. Um, the extraction facility is a hydrocarbon extraction facility. We're about 14,000 square feet. We're in Salmon Arm as well. We're like a stone's throw from our uh, our big manufacturing companies. So uh, in terms of logistics and whatnot, it's very convenient. Uh, just hopping back and forth. Um, that we've just gotten up and operating and uh, we've got a really amazing team in there and and uh, starting to put some some really good runs out. So that's where a majority of my time is spent. Um, honestly, I'm kind of the jack of all trades. When you're in a startup, you pick up whatever hat you have to do. And that's been a huge part of um, I guess my day to day. And honestly, I guess the partnerships thing actually kind of blossomed out of the fact that calling me a spirit animal was not professional enough. <laughs> so a lot of my business partners are like this, this will work because my, my job, my role has really been to kind of connect the dots, find the people that we, we needed to work with and the partnerships that we needed to make the company grow. Um, hopefully it's an artful way of kind of gathering all that up into a, to a title, even if so, it's hard to say. <laughs> so in your business, I guess, you know, and, and lots of entrepreneurs listen to this podcast. So everyone, you know, knows you run a business, you make some revenue, you have some expenses. Hopefully there's some left over for you to reinvest and take home. But it's a, your business is a big capital intensive upfront and, or do you take orders first? Like do you sell a piece of paper design and then you get some money and then that gets you to buy some materials. Like 
again, um, I'm not asking for the secret sauce, but I'm asking for like, you know, entrepreneurs that are going to take the leap to do something or you're inspiring mm-hmm. someone to leave a job and go, you know, create their own wealth per se. Totally. Ha, ha, how, like you're pretty young. How does this, how does that work? Um, you know what? I, I have to say, I, I think a lot of it is, I, I truly believe you make your own luck, but I, I think a lot of it for me was a little bit of luck. I got in the right rooms. Um, I pushed really hard to get in those rooms and I think it's a huge part of it, but, um, you know, the way that we built out and a lot of cannabis companies will go, if we just talk about the way that we, we buy and sell, um, you know, ours are 50% deposit on an order. And then as soon as it leaves the facility, they need to pay us up front, 100%. Uh, as you know, a lot of these cannabis companies are not well capitalized. The banks don't really want to touch us or historically have not. Um, but long story short, too, we had a great investor. Uh, we had, you know, the manufacturing company that came in, stepped up um, and helped us really have that first kind of big financial push to get us up and going. And that was a big part of it. Um, I really admire a lot of the entrepreneurs in the space that have um, bankrolled this themselves. Um, when I finally got this across the table, not a lot of people know this. I had maxed out every credit card line of credit that I could get my hands on. I was down to my last 648 bucks, I think was where I was at when I, I got in the room that started prism and then the rest of the companies. I'm very proud to say we are privately funded. Um, so, you know, we're, we're not a big public company. It gives us a lot of, um, you know, ability to, to kind of, move and and uh and change and evolve freely but if you don't have the capital to do it um having a really good kind of financial backer that believes in your your vision is is absolutely key where where does the pushiness come from and i'm joking but like where does that drive of of pushing your way or not not settling um If she if she listens to this uh i I might get a phone call but i think my mother a lot of it um i have I had amazing parents. Um, you know, my dad was very much that way as well. And I think just incredible role models all the way through. Um, I come from a really, really strong background of, of agriculture. So I'm, I'm from a big farming family. Uh, we're from Manitoba. You have to have a lot of grit to survive in that industry. And I think that comes from there. And then, you know, as my, uh, you know, going to post-secondary and in kind of my earlier career, um, just had really great mentors and, and great bosses and and great influences around me that I think, you know, really push me to kind of never accept mediocrity and excuses are not in the vocabulary, um, which is sometimes difficult, but uh, I, I think a lot of it is, yeah, it's family. And, and I think my, my, the past in my career and um, surround yourself with good people and you kind of, I think you, you move to be on their level. So I think that'd be a huge part of it, but. Oh yeah, hundred percent. My mom is probably the biggest one. <laughs> Why? Well, yeah, she's you, a. I know. I've, she's a workaholic. <laughs> really? Well, far, farmaholic. Yeah, or is she still on the farm? The family still. On the oh farm? yeah, you know. Okay, so not to digress, but I, I'd love to tell this story because I, I really, it's a huge part of why I got into the cannabis space, and it's something that is, I think, one of the biggest motivators and keeps me going. Um, anybody, any entrepreneur listening to this right now you go through those times where you're just, you feel like you're looking over a cliff and there there's, it's almost like hopeless. It's, it can be really stressful and really draining. And, um, you know, I, I really go back to, I think the foundation that my parents gave me and whatnot. Um, when I was 17, my dad got pancreatic cancer. This is how I got into cannabis. So 
Um, he, if, you know, anybody's familiar with pancreatic cancer, it's, it's a death sentence. It, it's, it was horrible to watch him go through that. And they were both, they worked together. They were really dynamic. Uh, they started lots of businesses together and they really, really pushed one another. And I think that was just such an incredible environment to grow up in. And my dad got sick. It just shook our entire foundation of our, our whole family. And, um, I started as you do, you're kind of grasping at, at anything, any hope, um, when somebody's that sick, especially somebody you love. And that's how I started researching cannabis. Now, this was back in 2012. Um, there was nothing out there. It's, it's not the landscape we have now. And when he got sick and, and then he ultimately passed away, I think that was a huge push to, you know, to, to kind of, it, it just changes the way that you look at the world around you. It changes the way you make decisions. It changes your, your perception of what you want to do with your life because having fun and enjoying those moments becomes a little bit more important than just the money you're making. Um, my mother, who was an RN, um, she worked in the operating room for 25 years, quit and she farmed. She put the crop in. So my dad passed me in January. My mom put the crop in uh, that spring. And this is the 10th year that uh, she's done that. So, wait, no, wait, 10. How about that? I know. Too many. She's literally she's farmed. She's farmed, you know, since, since that day. So um, she got her class one and, you know, had, uh, had the hired hand teach her how to run all the tractors and combines. And she went to work. There was no excuses. And yeah, she's, uh, yeah. Anyways, little very side cool, story, but cool what, what did you share that? Well, that, that definitely answers, uh, a lot. Uh, you, you've come from that industry. Uh, were you in the oil and gas industry before that too? Uh, I, I tried, unfortunately, by the time I got out of post-secondary, everything in Alberta was tanking. So um, right. I worked with a plastics manufacturer for a little bit and kind of, they worked a lot in oil and gas, um, for a minute, but, uh, no, I, that was kind of the goal, but everything was kind of hitting rock bottom. So that was do, a, do you find it, uh, <laughs> do you find it, it harder to work, uh, with mostly males or easier? Like, uh, your, your attitude have, has that grit come from battling with <laughs> boardrooms and fighting for money or is it, or is it, is it, is the cannabis industry? Am I mistaken by thinking that maybe there's, there's lots more women than, than I might've thought. You're, you know what? I get this question a lot and you're definitely not wrong. Um, it is totally a male dominated space and it's gotten a lot better. Like when I started and you know, this was, let's say pre-legalization, um, women were supposed to be in the trim rooms. That was kind of what we were told. That was really kind of the air of the industry. And at the beginning, no, it's, it's definitely tough. You, any woman that's gone into a male dominated industry can say that it's, it's easy and they're treated, treated the same. And the reality is you're just not, you're absolutely not. Um, but I'm not going to sit here and, and bash and say that it's horrible. Like most of all my business partners, almost all of them are, are male. You know, when we started this, it was completely male dominated and yeah, it's different. And you know, there's, there's some uphill battles sometimes, but it's been one of the most incredible teams with the most supportive people I've, I've ever worked with in my life. So I think it's kind of your, it's your perspective. If you want to go in and, you know, what was me and, and the guys are being mean to me? Well, then that's a mentality you take, but I wanted to sit at the table and you don't sit at the table when that's your mentality. So I don't know. It's honestly, I like it. And I think working with the guys pushes you to just be better all the time. Like I'm a very competitive person. So, and I work with some super, super capable human beings, um, mainly male, 
and I want to be better than them every day. So <laughs> I think it, it's more of a positive than a negative. It, when you set uh, goals and that could be written or just mentally, it like, you know, I think you've come so far uh, from, from where, you know, say a couple of years ago, a few years ago. So now, you know, you're hard charging. And I see this a lot with clients where people don't know how to, how hard to work. So they just work fucking hard. And mm-hmm. that leads to issues. And I see that because I work with more older, you know, younger people, but I also work with a lot older people who are retiring out of careers. So, you know, in 10 years, like what is your ideal, Caitlin, 10 years from now? You know, does, do, do you have clarity there? Do you care? <laughs> oh, I definitely care. I 100% care. Um, I have some clarity. Um, you know what I think as an entrepreneur and, and somebody who's younger in business, um, as you know, right now, like I'm running from one thing to the other. I'm sitting in the basement of a coffee shop right now doing this interview. You know, you, you fill your days and you don't really um, prioritize work-life balance. Uh, at least I'm not right now. Um, I'd love to see more of that in the future. T- to be honest, like I wanted to build, I think, a platform underneath me where a you know, this industry is really important to me. It's something I'm really passionate about. So, you know, I wanted to, I wanted to have a seat at the table, you know, when it came to the people that were building this. Um, but I think ultimately, you know, I love, I love the dynamic of putting teams together and I, I love new industries and I love, I kind of, I like the unknown. So, um, you know, I'd love to say, yeah, 10 years from now, I'd love to hopefully made a bunch of money and be sitting on a beach, but I get in way too much trouble if I have that much time on my hands. So I think what I, I, where I'd love to be, you know, the question is where do you want to be 10 years from now? I want to be doing the same kind of stuff I'm doing now, but instead of having to go out and look for the funding, I want to be one of the people that has the funding to take ideas like I had when I started and give them the support and, you know, the, the backing and uh, the mentorship that, that I got. So I know. Putting the shoe on the other foot. Do you think that uh, is so? It's a is it a money thing? Is it like when the money's there, or there's a certain milestone you want to hit first, or a title you want to have in the business? Honestly, like I don't really give a shit about titles. I don't know if I can swear on this. Sorry. Uh, Um, No, that's that's not really that's not my focus at all. Um, Don't get me wrong. As I said before, I want to see at the table. Um, I like the influence and I like the ability to make decisions. I'm not going to be shy. Of course, I would love a lot of capital. My like, who doesn't? You know, anybody who's in business, I think there, there's, there's resources and and there's um, the runway's a lot longer when you've got a good amount of cash in your pocket. So yes, that is definitely a focus of mine. Um, I'm, I'm, but they're not, they're not the biggest things. <laughs> I brought my pick uh, and my shovel to this interview, so I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna dig down a bit on you on that one. Please so, do, yeah. <laughs> So the, <laughs> the, you know, the capital, so, so one of the things we we find is that, you know, you say to people, well, you know, next year I want to make this much next year. I want to make this much. And so after a certain point, you've got, you know, your, your life covered and you can spend, you can buy a new car, you can buy a, whatever it is yeah. that's important to you. And then after that, it just becomes more savings. So, you know, the, the, that perpetual treadmill of saying, you know, just more, is it because you, you think there's a level of security there or it's something different? You know, I love that you actually just brought that up. It's a topic I've um, 
I think it's been something that's really been on my mind a lot lately now as we're kind of getting out of the startup phase and we're starting to kind of build something a little bit more sustainable. For me, it was 100% security. That was what drove me to, to do all this in the first place. Being able to be financially sound and knowing you have the ability to, you know, pursue an opportunity because you want to, not because it's the only choice you have would be amazing. And so, yeah, security, I would say, is for me, one of the number one uh, number one things I think I, I searched for or was a reason I think I, I, I'm in this situation in the first place. Um, it's a lot of fun, but security is 100% um, one of my biggest driving factors for sure. Uh, so switching gears a little bit to travel, you recently just went to the States and as someone who hasn't traveled yet uh, or booked any trips, I would love to know what that travel, uh, where were you? Were you recently? Um, I was down in Vegas. Yeah, I was down in Vegas actually for MG BizCon. So we were down there, um, you know, got to see our friends what from Vitalis down there. MG Sorry. BizCon is probably the, I think they are the largest cannabis um you know, expo in, in the world. So, um, and it was massive. Um, anybody who knows me, I live in high heels. I had to retire them day two. Um, I was, my feet were so sore. It's a humongous show, ludicrous size. Um, but it was great. You know, you see it's, it's definitely very, um, there's a lot of new equipment there. So that was really cool from, I'm kind of putting my Prism equipment hat back on. Uh, that was, that was great. And then you know, looking at opportunities in the U.S., um, opportunities with companies that want to move into Canada. That was really cool. So down in Vegas for that. Tons of fun. It was great to get out of the country. Good to get in an airplane again. Um, the COVID tests are way so, too so expensive. What, so what happens? So someone leaves. So people are getting, I think people are getting the itch to travel again. So help. And I haven't <sighs> asked anybody this. So you you go to Kelowna. Yeah. You like swab right when you walk in the door. How does it work? You know what I? Okay, so I went to Vegas and then um, I actually just got back from Toronto on Sunday. It would have been Sunday, I guess. So um, Vegas, I flew out of Vancouver. Easy, you just do the swab thing in the airport. You know, you pay your hundred and fifty bucks, which is a whole other topic. I'm not going to touch right now. <laughs> um, but yeah, you do it in the in in the airport. It was great. Jump on the plane. You know, life as usual. Um, Kelowna, though, going to uh, like I'm fully back. So yeah, heading out to Toronto. It was like. Show your Vax passport, put your mask on, jump on the plane, life as usual. Um, it was interesting, actually, on the way there, there was a couple that got kicked off the plane, uh, mask-related issues. Oh, no. It was pretty hilarious. I feel bad for them, uh, but also, like, come on. You wore it yes. all the way through the airport. Just yeah. put the bloody thing on. Let's get moving, you know? <laughs> um, but yeah, no, honestly, it wasn't, that, it wasn't that strange. But it was really great to, to get back on a plane and, and travel again. Getting to those shows, you know, when we've been talking to people over Zoom for the last two years, it was amazing. Uh, getting to actually meet people in person and connect with people you haven't seen in two years and get out and like just be back in the mix of the industry. I feel like we were all kind of, you know, like baby deer at the beginning, kind of figuring out our legs again. Um, that's something that's really unique about our industry is when we have these types of shows, it kind of brings us all a little bit closer. So that that was really, really great to see. Um, yeah, it was, I don't know, nice to get it out of the office. It was good for your, it was good for your psyche too and your wellness. <laughs> Man, I am a pe like people person to the nines. So I think my team like that I work with every day was like, get out of the office, like goodbye, go out, go see people again, go talk, please expel your energy somewhere that's not here. So yeah, it was, it was super positive. 
So as, as a wellness uh, podcast and sort of wealth, you know, health is something that, that we like to yep. get on. And you touched on it with your father. Um, is there any, like now that the industry has evolved so much to, is, is there any recent stuff that's come out or studies or products or, and again, I'm thinking more for not the recreational use and, and maybe not the, well, is there a use for cannabis that's kind of wellness enhancing related, not so much recreation, not so much medical? Is Absolutely. there a place for that? You know what? I, I've always kind of felt that that's a bit of a gray area. You know, where do we really draw the line between recreational and medical? Um, wellness, I, you know, it, it's an amazing plant and the, the ability through uh, a process such as extraction, for example, we can take a plant and whether, you know, you are a consumer that likes to smoke or your consumer that is completely against smoking, we can manipulate the plant and the cannabinoids within that plant to really suit anybody. So, um, you know, I, I love it as a, as a, an industry and I love it as a product, like I'm a consumer. Um, I definitely consume, I feel like I consume less now and I have more access to it than I've ever had in my life. Like if 18, 19 year old me could see me now. Um, but uh, honestly, like, okay, so for example, we're starting to work with a topical company, amazing products. You don't have to smoke anything, but you know, if you have arthritis pain, you have, you know, any type of joint pain, um, you have psoriasis, like we can, we can take that and kind of work it across the board. So um, I think it really, like any way you, you skin it, um, if, if you find the right product and you find the, the right, um, you know, the right person to help you work through it, whether you want to use it recreationally or medically, um, there's something other for everybody. And I, I've, I don't think I've ever really come across somebody who's, who's tried it in the right way, um, a way that works for them and has not had a positive experience. So, um, I, I'm a huge advocate for it and I love it. Like I've got my grandmother on it and I never in a million years thought, uh, never thought that would happen. And, you know, she never has to smoke anything. She takes a, a tincture and, and uh, a topical and it works great. You know, she's had two, two knee replacements. So, um, well, yeah, I is, hope I kind of answered your question. Yeah, yeah you kind of did. It's, uh, I, well, I was trying to kind of get to like, you're an innovative company. So what yeah. is the, is, is, uh, again, not in the top, top secret folder, but what is in your idea file coming out soon or is just recently out in the form of like innovative technology or um, an add-on that you put recently on one of your your units that speeds up things like I think you know business and entrepreneurs always like to hear stories of efficiency or if someone made something better like is there something recent that's come out of your business that you built or created Um, yeah okay so I guess you know, on the extraction side, you know, working that really is, you'll see that a ton in, in that space. Um, people are always trying to make the, the machines a little bit more uh, flexible. They're, they're, they're wanting to work with different types of biomass. They want to be more efficient, um, whether it's, you know, your, your load times, your solvent recovery or whatever. That's, that's definitely there. Um, the extraction company itself, that's, I think, where things get really interesting. And that's where we'll, for me, the innovation is really, is really exciting. Um, being able to take a plant, extract it down, and then pull those specific cannabinoids where you can start to like get into formulations. Um, you're treating it more as an ingredients company than just a, you know, a weed company that makes something that you can smoke. Um, 
that to me is where the industry so gets really. I got to stop you for a second because I'm not yeah. a user and I, I've been around the space, but not a user. So I don't know. I know what you're talking about, but so I've got to plant some leaves and in it, there's 10 different molecules. You can, can you go and specifically, I'm simplifying, but you can go yeah. and you can pull certain ones and combine them. And then that does different properties. Is that what's actually Absolutely. happening? No. Yeah. You, 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 you killed it there. That's, that's absolutely what's happening. Um, what is the actual numbers? Like cannabinoids? I think like a hundred and oh, you're going to put me on the spot here. 124. <laughs> I hope there's not a lot of cannabis people listening to this because I'm going to get to that. But you're, you're over a hundred. You're well over a hundred. Um, you know, we oftentimes just talk about THC and CBD and the reality is there's so many other cannabinoids in there and we're just starting to like theoretically scrape the foam off the top of our beer when it comes to like getting into what we can do with those and how we isolate them, um, how we extract them and then the formulation. So how we put them together. Um, I think that is really in my eyes, it's going to be really exciting to see what happens on the medical side um, more specifically over the next you know, coming years when our extraction technology gets a little bit more sophisticated, but then also um, you know, our growers are, are getting a little bit uh, maybe I'm going to say a little bit more support um, from the overall you know, industry. So they have, you know, better genetics to, to grow and, and genetics that will give us the ability as extractors to pull some of those, you know, small, the smaller percentages of those other can, uh, cannabinoids out of the product, um, you know, isolate them and then put them into formulation. Um, I, I think medically that's going to, that's going to change, that's going to shake some stuff up. I think that's going to be really, really interesting. Um you know, and that's, I, I would say more on the medical side than, than the rec side. So would, would but, you think you'll yeah, ever I, pers persuade the medical system to start using like prescribing or is that always, do you ever lobby for that? Or is that a, just don't even bother going there. <laughs> I have a business partner that's much more effective at lobbying than I am, but um, you know what, honestly, I think there's a lot of the, you know, pharmaceutical companies out there that should be kind of shaking in the roots, to be honest. Um, I love, I love kind of where we're starting the conversation, right? Um, you know, looking at like the antidepressant market, uh, the pain, you know, uh, opiates and, and our approach to, to medicine, you know, traditionally, I think now we're just looking at options, um, that are a little bit more holistic, that are a little bit more natural. Um, and once the science really starts to catch up and we can do some, some better studies, um, I would, I would love to see that happen. And I, I really hope to be a part of, I think that movement where um, people are taking, I guess, a different approach to, to the traditional medicines. And yeah, I think cannabis is going to play a huge part in that. Um, and the extraction side is going to be really what will drive a big part of it. Well, will you keep me up to date when you find something that I take <laughs> now so that I don't get arthritis later and then have to take your cream? Uh, like well, that's that's I, the I space like I, I think that's, that's big. Preventative. I, I will keep you posted if we come up with anything, if we hear anything, but, uh, I feel bad. Like I, I need to, I feel like I need to send you a goodie bag. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, maybe you gotta just send it. We'll, uh, we'll do it with our post. Uh -huh. Well, I, I really appreciate, uh, our chat and I know that I ask every, um, you know, guest in the podcast is what, what is your picture, your ultimate picture of wealth? My ultimate picture of wealth is, I feel like kind of what I'm doing right now. It's the ability to get up in the morning and any entrepreneur out there that is truly doing something they love knows exactly what this feeling is like. 
like Monday morning rolls around and you are stoked to get out of your bed and you can't wait to see your team. And you know that the whole day is going to be full of all of these unknown challenges and just authentically being excited for that. To me, wealth is just as stereotypical as it sounds, getting up and doing something you love every day. It's the most incredible feeling. And once you get a taste, you absolutely never go back. Um, I know, do something you love and find the right industry. The money will always follow. Awesome. Caitlin, thanks. Uh, thanks a lot for being on the show and lots of uh, good nuggets. Where can people find uh, your information or where do you live online? Um, you know, I'm, I'm on Instagram, LinkedIn, uh, you know, check us out on the website. You can get a hold of us there. Um, and honestly, I'm on the road so much. Give me a call on myself. It's on the website. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty, I'm pretty easy to get a hold of. Awesome. Well, we will see you. I'm sure there'll be a, a number of other podcasts. With you. Talk to you soon. Thank you very much. If you found this episode valuable, share it with a friend. If you found this episode super valuable, leave us a review on iTunes. It will help us continue to bring you top quality content. For more information on anything discussed on this show, visit www.servicewealth.com. That's service spelled S-E-R-V-I-S-S. Any investment topics covered on the show are not investment recommendations, and you should seek professional advice before making any investment decisions. This show was produced by Podigy Podcasts. Thanks for listening.